Assalamu alaikum. I'm Khalil Alika. And I'm Zahir Parker. And welcome to AccidentalMuslims.com. So AccidentalMuslims.com is a, a movement, a platform where we showcase present and future leaders to help us live with purpose. And we believe that everybody has a story to tell. This podcast hopes to add value. So welcome and enjoy. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. My name is Muhammad Kashif Tammoon. And I am listening to AccidentalMuslim.com Assalamu alaikum Sheikh Welcome Assalamu rahmatullahi wa barakatuh Shukran Sheikh for accepting our invitation to be on AccidentalMuslims.com And in particularly our Ramadan series tagline Ramadan with love mm-hmm. And uh, I know that we will be benefiting from you Alhamdulillah mm-hmm. And the listeners will, will share that love of Ramadan by listening to you as well Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. Sheikh Tell us a bit about yourself. Give us some background. Uh, my name is Muhammad Kashif Damun. I am from the Damun family in, in the Western Cape. Uh, we originate from the Arab lands. I discovered that not too long ago. We, our family settled in Constantia when they came here. They were from the people that we were handling the lands of Constantia. So they were helping the farmers to grow the crops and stuff like that. And then from there we were expelled from Constantia and we went to Grassy Park and, and that is how, you know, we... My grandfather was an imam. I believe his father was also an imam. My father was one and wow. I don't know if it's fortunate, you know, I'm also one. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Sheikh, remember that journey from, um, let's say, teenage Kashif to, to, to imamate or Sheikh? Alhamdulillah. Um, where did you grow up in Cape Town? And, and I, from there, maybe. I grew up in a place called Sherwood Park, which is like next to Mellenberg. In the initial stages, when we got there, it was called Philippi. Right? And then um, we grew up there in the times when there was still road, no roads, sand parts. And um, I was attached to the Sherwood Park Mosque. And um, I, got, I went to school in Sherwood Park Primary. And then from there, I went to Mellenberg High School in Mellenberg. And then... After that, I went to Medina to study uh, overseas, alhamdulillah. I am the eldest son of five children. And yeah, um, we lived in a house that was unfinished for 13 years. I think, yeah, that is technically never had a ceiling in, but we survived. We never had a TV in our house, and but we survived, alhamdulillah. Here, did you always... Know that you're going to be an imam, or you know, because you said you came with great grandfather, grandfather, father. I never knew that. I never knew that because we grew up in a, a, a dini house where Islam was the thing. There's two things that was very important in our house: the salah and the Quran. <laughs> There's no other supported hand. So um, that made it a bit tough for us in terms of youth because we never had a, a sporty life and stuff like that. If it was sports, it was in the street and that's all. We can't go club sports and stuff like that. So that wasn't really on the first thing on the menu. It was always on the back. It wasn't even on the back burner. But at the end of the day, when I got to grade 10, I got introduced to uh, learning hips and that changed my life. That changed my life. The two things changed my life. That that year, when that was in, in 1985, in the heart of the boycotts and the riots, I got introduced to hips, learning hips, and I fell in love with the Quran. Even though we do, we did recite Quran in the house. I just took it a little further, 
And then at the year 1991, when I embarked on my first Hajj, that was life-changing for me. It changed my life like from day to night to night to day. You know, it was like totally different mind shift. Uh, my approach of, to everything was different, you know. Um, even the situation where I grew up in Bannenberg, you know, it's a tough area. You need to be strong to survive there. Uh, even everything changed for me. And my goals changed, uh, my horizon. I realized that I'm just one molecule in, in the rest of the world. So I just need to serve the rest of the world well. So I just became energetic around that, alhamdulillah. Tell us about Ramadan. What does Ramadan mean for you? What is what, what inspires you about Ramadan? Ramadan, you know, prophetically it is do with the Quran, you know. But for me, it is a, a time of soul searching, you know. For me, it's a time of of connecting with the higher source. In this regard, we refer to the higher source being Allah, Rabbul Izzati wal Jalal. Uh, Ramadan for me many a times allows me to seek new horizons within the spiritual existence. It, uh, it for the past few years now, um, I have had the liberty not to officiate during the month of Ramadan, which means I'm not officially at the mosque during the month of Ramadan, even though I am footballing every Friday. So during that, I could I could be at the back listening to the Quran, and then. Love this and, and, and visualize the stories that they recite. Whereas when you're an imam, you are focusing on what you need to speak after the, 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 the salat or tarawiyah. So for me, Ramadan is loving the, the stories in the Quran, seeing how, how Allah tested the Anbiya and how the prophets went to their lives and, and learn your lessons. You know, I love, I, I fell in love with the story of Ibrahim basically on his approach. The most in, uh, exciting story of Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam is, even though the, all the Anbiya is great caliber people, but for me, Ibrahim, for me, not having a, a mentor, a physical mentor he never had, and for him at a young age, crushing the heads of the idols, for me, for him to go to that extent of, of challenging that not the idols, but the community, the king, you understand? And therefore, I, I firmly believe that Hidayat and guidance we are just the instruments. We just have to convey the message. We are not the people that will guide. Allah will put the flame there and Allah will ignite the flame further and let it burn and become what it should become, inshallah. And Ibrahim, Sheikh, he was a young, a young man. Young chap, yeah. And you were also a young man, alhamdulillah, when you had this change or metamorphosis in your life. What advice would you give our youth out there in terms of either preparing for Ramadan or taking full advantage of Ramadan, Shia. For the young youth that I, I, I want to remind them, you know, the idea of life is, for me personally, even though you are always thinking of you being the individual, you are always not alone, Allah's with you. And my advice to the youngsters out there is, is that because Allah has created us, he has always been part of our sustenance even before we came into this earth. My advice is ne- never to exclude Allah. Because one of the attributes of Allah, and I always say this in my Jummah, the attributes of Allah, if you want to know Allah, you can't put a size or a shape to Allah. So you can put attributes to Him. And one of the attributes of Allah is, and I'm going to only mention two, is Ar-Rahman, the most compassionate, the most merciful, and he's Al-Qadir, and he's the most powerful. 
And looking at those two attributes, you understand, everything that any person desires is in the ability of Allah to give. Allah is in the power to give us those things. And the beauty of it all is that through our mistakes, Allah is still prepared to give. Like the one story of Sayyidina Luqman when he gave advice to his son, a very beautiful message he gave to his son. And he said to his son, Ya Bunaya, oh my son, in takun mitkala habbatin min khardarin, fatakun fisakratin of his samawatin of il arpin yatibihallah in the bala tifu khabir. He says, Oh my son, whatever minute the thing is, and whether it is in the heavens or in the earth, or if it is even in the desert, Allah can bring it forth and take it out and show it before you. In Allah Latifu Khabir. But I also want to remind you that Allah is most kind and well informed. Now, why did they say most kind and well informed? Even though Allah knows our deepest secrets within our hearts of the wrongs we have done, He still will conceal that in order for us to be portrayed, portrayed as in society as a person of stature. You understand? So Allah will never disclose the knowledge that they have of us. And that is what we must recognize. I say always to my children, I say, value people the way people value you. Value yourself the way people value you. Now I say this to the, my young friends, value yourself the way Allah values you. And Allah values us. So value Allah in the same way. You're saying you grew up, your grandfather was an imam, your father was an imam, alhamdulillah, and you've now carried on uh, that sort of legacy. Surely, Kamal Ketan, there must have been some nice Ramadan traditions in your home. And as a father yourself, have you carried on some traditions? Have you created your own traditions? What, what's, what, what's the vibe in the Kashif Raman house in the world? <laughs> Ramadan time? <laughs> If you're talking about traditions, you're talking about the practices within the house. Within the house, whatever, maybe you, 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 you guys like banana fritters or something. <laughs> Just something like that. Yeah. Uh, we grew up with a, with a, with a, with a, with a fat cook, you know. Uh, okay, okay. Uh, the one particular one that we are looking at is the one with the, with the corn uh, in it, that, uh, sweet corn. Okay, okay, okay. okay. <laughs> and the bananas and the, yeah. and the, uh, the, the pumpkin cakes. Yeah. yeah. But those are the 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 the, the favorite favorites. Yeah. Okay. Pancakes, top of the list. Oh, top of the list. <laughs> with, with the coconut inside. <laughs> and and, and uh, maybe away from the sweet things in terms of sweetening the spirituality part of you. Any sort of things you guys do, or you 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 try to do yourself in Ramadan. Um, what we do in Ramadan is um, we try our utmost. I try my utmost to extend even in my children's lives. When we sit at the table and break our fast, I always try to um, get our children to make dua. You understand? And, and because of the 15 minutes before the, the, the breaking of the fast, we value that 15 minutes. And due to that, we ask each one of them to focus on a particular thing. So if, if tonight will be maybe the parents that has passed away around, so everybody will make for, for each family. Like I will make my own personal for my parents. My son will do it for, his, for, 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 for my parents, whoever has passed away our family. And my daughter and each one of us will sit down the table and make dua. And we, we capitalize, we try to target it. For example, economy of our house, we are work is case. Right? So make to our, today, tonight, we're going to make to our for, for, for Christians and our personal sustenance. Tomorrow, it's our educational background, our children need education. Whatever you want, my son. Uh, that is how my son became a hafiz. I, I believe that, that one year I said to myself, today, for the next few nights, I'm going to make to our Allah must grant my son to become hafiz. And he did it within 
two and a half years. But what I'm saying here is that is how we targeting our spiritual program is targeted in the month of Ramadan, inshallah. Now, I know there's a lot of verses and we can't adjust this to just in a couple of minutes. What verse or verses really mean a lot to you? Yeah. The idol course is definitely is, is, is there, right? It's definitely, I can't deny the, the power of idol course. But like I've said to you, since I spoke about Ibrahim, there's also one very powerful message of Ibrahim where he, where he says um, in, in 2 3, he says, ما كان إبراهيم يهوديا ولا نصرانيا ولكن كان حنيفا مسلما. And and what what the statement signifies to me is the fact that your practice is not detached to a label, it's to do with submissiveness. You understand? And that ayah sticks out for me all the time. You understand? It's a very short verse. I believe in short verses and phrases so that people can remember it easy. So the verse is, Ibrahim was not a, a, a Jew, neither was he a Christian, but he was a submissive, uprightest person towards his Lord, his Creator. So the word Islam is in there. So even though today Islam is a label, but if you understand, translate the word Islam, it means to be submissive. So there's no label, you understand? So um, that is the ayat, and that is the, the feeling that I have of life. We shouldn't practice, we shouldn't uh, preach from a point of a label. Because the moment people preach from a point of a label, then you limit yourself to certain things. And by Allah, nothing is, there's no limits. Allah's most powerful, inshallah. You know, when people always try for Kuba'at in Cape Town, but let's say last night of Ramadan, and we're sitting Eid morning now in the masjid, how can our listeners reflect and ponder if they've had a successful Ramadan year? Or what do you think they should, the mindset should be? The end of Ramadan always, uh, when you listen to the hadith, it means the doors of Jannah was open, the doors of mercy was wider open for us, inshallah. And for me personally, if uh, I think and feel that we should ponder on living in that mercy that we have acquired during the month of Ramadan, living in the Jannah. In other words, if we have felt the, the calmness within Jannah, if Allah opened the doors of Jannah, at least the fragrance or something or the wind or the breeze of Jannah had to come over us. So if you felt it in your spiritual existence, then live it for the rest of the year. You understand? And if that is what you, you have experienced, then the, the message for me is, just live in the mercy of Allah subhanahu for the rest of the 11 months is coming. There are students or graduates that are also, you know, obviously been practicing Ramadan, but they also, they, they, they're not sure whether to read a lot of Quran or whether to read Quran with understanding. Mm. So where do, they, where do they find a balance or should mm. there be balance? Yeah, technically there should be a balance, but the Quran is one of the magnificent books of the world. It's the one book that you can read without understanding and still get the blessings. You understand? So, um, but I, when I was in Imam here at this particular mosque where I'm staying at in Belhar, I uh, used to make it frequent to recite certain verses consistently every Maghrib and every Isha. And for some it was like, they thought this guy only knows these <laughs> verses. So about three years later, I started tafsiring those same verses. The next two years after that, everybody standing behind me understood what I was deciding. Oh, wow. So there's a little bit of understanding adds value to, to, your, to your listening to the Qur'an. 
And that is actually why we should eventually try to. You know, I have a program now that I do now with the students here in my house uh, on a Sunday morning, afternoon, where I teach them hips, so surahs. Like. But what I'll do with that is after they've memorized the surah, I'll just give them a synopsis what the surah is all about. So when they should recite it some other time, they know there's a story to this thing, you understand? And that is what that is what made Quran is the effective book, the most effective book in the time of Quraysh, because they understood what was recited, and due to this understanding, they became they turned to Allah Subhanahu. So what are you most grateful for today? There's, there's a few things, right? The one thing is my health that Allah has blessed me with. I'm very grateful for that. Um, I'm even more grateful for, for the appearance that Allah has granted me. You understand? Um, I spoke to my sister yesterday and I said, both mother and father, but uh, if, if there's anybody that I, I don't want to give preference to, but obviously the mother is always, you understand? And, and uh, we must, we must uh, a lot. I, I personally miss her a lot. Uh, but uh, I'm very grateful for, for, for particularly my mom because she wasn't, she wasn't a person of a lot of words. But I can rest assured she had a lot of words with Allah. And, and that is what nobody knows. But because I love her, I can say that. See, and maybe, see, maybe she had a soft spot for me. I, my brothers all say that. But, uh, but she, she used to always worry about yeah. me personally. She would always make dua for me. I know that, you understand? Mm-hmm. Uh, because whenever I come back and I sit with her and I speak to her about experience, and she would say, Yes, I know. I was there with you. <laughs> <laughs> Sheikh, out of your experiences either as a student, as a father, as an imam, has there any been an individual story that has inspired you out of Ramadan or, or in your interaction with people in the community? Because you are a community man. Alhamdulillah. And just to from the calf now, you know, um, if you look at uh, when I was on Hajj, one particular on Hajj in the in the initial time when I went on Hajj the first time, we used to be in Mecca long before Hajj. And uh, as I was in Hajj, one particular that particular year, in fact, I was there before Ramadan. And when I got to the Haram, you know, I I, I used to build relationships in 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 Mecca, and I met a Yemeni person, and my Arabic was very poor. You understand? And uh, that was the year, that very same year, I got acceptance to study. And I didn't know whether I was going to be accepted. I, I, this particular day, I went to this Arab and I pulled up courage to go and speak with him. And, I said, and the only thing that I could do is to say what I wanted to say. But I couldn't understand what he was going to say to me because my Arabic was like local, <laughs> local Arabic. So I went up to him and I said to him, Assalamu alaikum, alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. Um, and I said to him, I didn't study yet, I just studied here. So I knew a f- little bit of Arabic. I said to him, I'm in Jeruba, Africa. I'm from Cape Town, South Africa. And I said to him, I want you to make dua. And he asked me what I must make dua for. And he said to me, uh, make dua. I said to him, make dua for Allah must grant me to come study in Medina. And as I was sitting before him, in Ramp- and he was sitting facing the Kaaba, he just did that. And I don't know, because my Arabic wasn't on that level, man. I just started with basic Ufah, how you came ahead. He started rumbling stuff there, and I just said, Amin, Amin, Amin. And Wallahi, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I was not even home for three months, and everything came through. You know, and, 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 and that is what I've learned of life. Yet I, as a young man, you as young people, 
Our Nabi says it in the hadith, if you don't respect the elderly and you don't acknowledge the youth, then you're not of my people. No, what I've trying to be doing all the time in my hajjan, when I need guidance on matters, I always to go to the senior people and, and present this thing before them so that they can present it before Allah subhanahu I could have done it myself towards Allah, but because of their connection and their commitment and their love that they had for concern they had for me, I I've channeled it that way. They channeled it to Allah and it happened. And therefore I've got a strong belief in dua. I mean, Zahir sitting in my Jummah, I've got a so strong belief in dua. Alhamdulillah. Sheikh, what's your definition of success? For me, success is to be able to leave this earth being in total submission with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is my interpretation. For me, it's not to acquire the worldly things. I firmly believe that if you submit towards Allah, do things that Allah wants you to do without asking questions what Ibrahim has done, then all the worldly things will be for you. It will be there. You won't be short of nothing. It doesn't mean that you are a person that submits to Allah, you should be living a poor life. It doesn't mean that. Nabi Sulaiman was a king, he was a very rich man. Nabi Ibrahim himself was a very rich man. Even though no, no, none of the people are speaking about his, his financial well-being. But he was very rich because it, the day when he got three visitors, he slaughtered the cow. If he was a poor man, he would slaughter the chicken. <laughs> For three men. You understand? So, um, so they were very rich people. So my term of success is that if I can sustain my iman, and love for that Iman in relation with my relation with Allah and strengthen it as time goes on, then I feel eligible to leave this earth. But if I didn't get it yet, I said, don't tell me now, I must still fix that. <laughs> Sheikh, I will put you on the spot here, but how would you describe Ramadan in three words? Well, in three words, it means uh, for us to recite, to pray, and to give sadaqah. Alhamdulillah. Mm-hmm. Recite Quran because it's a month of Quran. Do salah because it's a, it's a month in which salah was made compulsory upon us also. You understand? It's Quran and salah and give charity. Charity is Allah says, When you give charity, Allah will multiply your blessings so much. You understand? May Allah grant us the tawfiq, the, tawfiq, the ability and the power to be able to give charity in that way, inshallah. Sheikh, I want to say shukran for your time and may Allah grant you many more Ramadans and may Allah increase your iman. Amin, amin. Shukran, zakallah khair, barakallah fiqh. May Allah bless this organization, accidentalmuslims.com and may Allah grant you guys to be successful, inshallah. And shukran for allowing me to be on this program. Shukran. Thank you, Sheikh. So that's it for today's show. We hope you added value. We hope you enjoyed it. But most of all, we hope our guests inspired you to live with purpose. Don't forget to send us your suggestions via info at accidentalmuslims.com. If you know anybody out there that is inspiring, that's leading, that's living with purpose, please uh, do contact us. And remember, feedback is our oxygen. So follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I hope you enjoyed. God bless. Assalamu alaikum.